0: From Riverside Health System, this is the Healthy You Podcast, where we talk about a range of health-related topics focused on improving your physical and mental health. We chat with our providers, team members, patients, and caregivers to learn more about how to maintain a healthy lifestyle and improve overall physical and mental health. So let's dive in to learn more about becoming a healthier you. of all, I'd like to welcome you to the Healthy You uh, podcast. And today we're going to be talking about preventing and screening for colon cancer. And I'm really excited that I have with me Dr. Michael Nay, gastroenterologist with Riverside Gastroenterology Specialist. Welcome, Dr. Nay. How are you?
1: Thank you. I'm great. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, my pleasure. My pleasure. So let's get into it want to talk a little bit about colorectal cancer and screening. So first and foremost, tell me um, how you end up specializing in uh, gastroenterology.
1: Um, well, there's a, I guess everyone has their own path, but for me, it was just, you know, basically when I was in medical school, it just turned out to be the thing that I, uh, I liked the most, found the most interest in. And then I just kept being the same way as I went through, and by the time I was done internal medicine residency, nothing had changed, so I kept kept on going and did did gastroenterology, and I haven't uh, regretted it at all. It's been a great, uh, a great career so far. Oh, yeah, I, I
0: can recall trying to decide which area of nursing I wanted to be in, so I, I quickly knew areas that probably wouldn't be the best for me. So what did you specifically like about gastroenterology and becoming a gastroenterologist in particular?
1: So um, so it's a really great uh, area of medicine because, number one, um, you get to kind of work with a really broad rate, uh, range of patients. So kind of all races, ages, men, women, kind of, uh, you know, everybody from that respect. Um, we get to split our time between uh, doing uh, life-saving procedures as well as seeing people in clinics. So, um, you know, the day is kind of always interesting. I'm kind of always doing something different, which is great. Um, And it's just really fulfilling, um, you know, helping people not only with gastrointestinal diseases, but also actually, um, you know, helping just kind of the general public that are coming in for colon cancer screening, um, because we can actually save lives with this procedure, which is, uh, you know, a really uh, fulfilling part of the job.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for your passion and your work um, in this space. What is colorectal cancer? Talk a little bit about that for me.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think, I think most people have kind of some sense of what a, what a cancer is. And of course, cancers can start in, in different uh, tissues or different organs. Um, so colorectal cancer is simply a, a cancer or an abnormal growth of um, uh, cells uh, that begins to uh, grow in the colon or the, or the rectum, which is kind of one the, the large intestine, the continue, continuous tube from the anus up to where it meets the, the small intestine um and uh basically it's just simple as that cancer in the colon or rectum
0: well i know i have um some personal background as it relates to colon cancer i've had some people uh, family members and some dear friends and it just seems to be a very aggressive cancer they were unfortunately diagnosed very late and are no longer with us can you talk a little bit about um what are some of the ways to um, screen and kind of uh, be able to be on top of just early identification as it relates to colon cancer?
1: Absolutely. So first of all, I'm sorry to, sorry to hear that about your, your family members and friends. Um, it's, it's an all too common story um, with, with such a common uh, cancer. Um, so in terms of mechanisms for screening for colon cancer, um, the kind of three main things that I recommend um, are either a form of stool testing, um, which is either a fit test or a coli um, A fit test being a test that looks specifically for uh, part of basically looking for blood in the stool, um, a specific part of the uh, of blood or hemoglobin in the stool. Um, a coli test tests for certain, uh, abnormal DNA in the stool. So it's also a stool test that checks for DNA and also sometimes blood. Um, and then there's a colonoscopy, which is kind of the gold standard in terms of, uh, colon cancer screening, uh, which essentially again is a, a, long camera that we place, uh, you know, through the colon and to take a good careful look for anything that looks abnormal.
0: Okay. Okay. I know for me, um, you know, some of the preventative things were doing your colonoscopy at a certain age point um, and having those studies done. Can you talk a little bit about that? And I think some of the age um, restrictions as around when insurances will uh, pay for those have changed as it relates to disease prevention and early identification.
1: Absolutely. So um, unfortunately, over the last um, couple of decades, there's been an increasing Prevalence um, of early onset colon cancer, um, actually, especially in in Africa, the African American community, but uh, throughout the entire U.S. Um, population. Um, and you know, as a means for trying to help remedy that, um, to at least some degree, the recommendation for colon cancer screening uh, has gone from age fifty to age forty five, um, meaning that. Um, basically, all, all insurances at this point, to my understanding, now uh, will we'll, uh, we'll pay for a colonoscopy starting at age 45 as opposed to 50 um, for people who are average risk, meaning just kind of a regular person with no significant family history of colon cancer or, and, and no kind of state that would increase their risk for having colon cancer.
0: Right, um, I'm really thankful to having a strong relationship with my primary care physician. I think that's so important for individuals, because um, she really keeps me on top of all of those key screenings and the changes and recommendations around when they can occur, which is so important to understand. So, so thank you for clarifying that. There's some there's a misconception uh, around, you know, maybe some different foods or things that you need to avoid that will decrease your risk of getting colon cancer as it relates to alcohol and all of those things and tobacco utilization. Could you talk a little bit about that for me, Dr. May?
1: Absolutely. So yeah, I think there's a lot of things that we we, we know and probably some things that we still don't know as we kind of continue to learn and research um, this area. Um, you know, there's no hard and fast for, rule for a way to kind of avoid colon cancer or avoid polyps. Um, there's no perfect diet. Um, but there's a lot of things you can do that will decrease your risk, uh, at least to some degree. So, um, you know, obviously smoking cigarettes is bad for pretty much everything, including uh, causing colon cancer and the development of polyps, which are, the, you know, the precursors to colon cancer. Um, alcohol, um, especially in larger amounts, can also increase risk for colon cancer. So it's always with alcohol, less less is better. Uh, from that perspective or or, or none is good too. Um, Then uh, comes the diet. So um, basically there are certain foods, especially um, things like bacon, um, processed meats, red meats, which can increase the risk of polyps and colon cancer. Um, We basically recommend as, as high of a fiber diet as possible as much kind of vegetable type product uh, in your diet as possible, and really decreasing the red meats and especially processed meats um, from the diet uh, as much as possible.
0: Okay, all right, great, great. And then obviously the one that I struggle with the most myself is the weight, <laughs> and including that physical exercise and every time I feel like I've reached my target zone, the BMI parameter for obesity changes. So can you talk a little bit about
1: weight and and the impact that it has on, I can't go again. So um, I I think there, you know, BMI is, um, you know, you, very useful, but it's not perfect, right? So I mean, everyone's body is a little bit different. So it's it's not like a hard and fast rule that exactly this BMI is, is perfect for every person. But generally speaking, we're looking for a BMI between 18.5 and 24.9 to be considered a, a healthy body weight for most people. Um, if you can kind of maintain a healthy body weight, that significantly decreases the risk of a myriad of illnesses and diseases, including all sorts of cancers to include uh, colon cancer and polyps. Um, Certainly, you know, when I do, I do a lot of colonoscopies, and I I see a lot more polyps in people who are overweight. So that risk continues to increase the further you get away from, from the normal BMI. So, you know, having a BMI of 27 is a lot better than having a BMI of 37 or 47. So it's kind of, it's all kind of uh, graded in that way, but certainly trying to aim to have, you know, uh, a healthy BMI with a healthy diet kind of, which we've already kind of discussed uh, as well as regular exercise can decrease your risk of developing colon cancer, but also all sorts of other cancers. Okay. Very, very
0: good. Uh as it relates to some of the risk factors that we can't control, and we've talked about some of those as it relates to ethnicity and some of those things. Um, talk a little bit about type 2 diabetes, I know that's something that is really prevalent in my family. Um, I actually was pre-diabetic several years ago and was able to get on top of it and now have a A1C that is within normal range, so would you talk a little bit about um, diabetes?
1: Yeah, so, so basically diabetes is, is all part of the um, the idea of kind of metabolic syndrome. So metabolic syndrome goes along uh, for a lot of people, uh, well, in general with uh, a high BMI, high cholesterol, uh, high, uh, you know, basically centripetal obesity, so meaning kind of a, a larger belly um, and and those sort of things. Um Diabetes, Type 2 diabetes is kind of interesting because it kind of falls in between the can control and cannot control categories. Because, you know, there's a lot of genetic uh, components, uh, but also a lot of uh, lifestyle components that go with that. So it kind of fits in with this idea of regular exercise, eating a healthy diet and, and maintaining a healthy body weight. Um, you kind of look at some of these, these risk factors that are that are kind of really fully, you know, completely out of somebody's control, uh, which would be things like your family history. So basically, um, how many people in your family have been diagnosed with colon cancer, especially as a first-degree relative, so your, your sibling, your child, or your parent? Um, that's kind of one of the biggest risk factors for developing uh, colon cancer. Of course, if somebody has a known genetic disease that causes colon cancer, so something like um, familial adenomatous polyposis, uh, FAP syndrome or Lynch syndrome, um, those, those are two, um, you know, genetic diseases that cause colon cancer. And we, you know, we have special guidelines for those sort of people. Um, as well as we kind of alluded to previously, um, you know, certain, uh, ethnic groups, uh, especially such as African Americans are going to increase risk for, uh, colon cancer, likely for some genetic reasons and some socioeconomic reasons and some, maybe stigma that may be around having a colonoscopy. There's all sorts of reasons that may be at play with that, uh, but it all kind of centers back on you need to do the appropriate screening or in the case of somebody who's at significantly increased risk, surveillance in, in, in individuals um, that uh, are appropriate uh, uh, for, for it.
0: Lord, I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, why is the colonoscopy the preferred method? Um, and um... Also, there's a lot of um, angst as it relates to having a colonoscopy done. Um, I had mine at 45, and I don't remember it, right? And so, um, you know, I know people kind of dread. The prep was the hardest part <laughs> uh, exactly. of the procedure. The rest I don't remember. So um, would you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so whenever whenever I... Um patients, especially when it's their first colonoscopy, I kind of congratulate them on already already having completed the hardest part of the test, which is the prep. So um, exactly as you said, uh, it's really a colonoscopy for 99% of people is really not a big deal at all. Um, uh, You know, you're under certain types of sedation. Uh, Most people don't remember the procedure at all. Certain people choose not to even have sedation because it's really not a particularly painful procedure. They'd rather kind of watch it on the screen and see what's going on. I know when it comes time for mine, that's what I'm going to be doing so I can kind of like micromanage what the, what the other uh, <laughs> gastroenterologists are up to, making sure they don't miss any pause. Um, but, um, but yeah, it, it's really not a bad procedure for almost every person that has it. Um, rarely there's people that have the procedure kind of under lighter sedation that may have some discomfort and we can always then increase the sedation to a different type for them next time to... Uh, be more comfortable in those rare circumstances. Uh, but yes, definitely the prep is extremely important because we need to be able to see properly in there. Um, but uh, that, that's kind of the worst part. It kind of sucks, sucks to do the prep, of course. But um, I think the colonoscopy is the best uh, test uh, because it's kind of like a one-stop shop. If you uh, undergo other sorts of testing, uh, such as the stool testing like we talked about, those tests are not quite as sensitive or not quite as good at picking up colon cancer or advanced polyps. Um, and when they do, you basically then have to have a colonoscopy to actually address that issue. So a colonoscopy is kind of like a one-stop shop. You come in, you actually can prevent the development of cancer with colonoscopy. So it's, 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 it's kind of the one screening test that exists that not only screens for cancer after it's already happened, but actually that can prevent the cancer by removing the cancer cells, or, or kind of pre-cancer type of cells, I should say, prior to them turning into a cancer. So by removing polyps. Definitely, it sounds like the colonoscopy is
0: definitely more comprehensive um, and um, could detect things that you clearly would want to know earlier than later. Well, Dr. Nay, that is very helpful. Um, I'm really um, just appreciative of your passion and all the work that you're doing in this space. Is there anything else uh, that you think would be helpful as we continue to educate um, our patients, families, and the communities that we serve as it relates to colon cancer um, prevention and also screening?
1: I'll just say, um, you know, it it breaks my heart every time that I diagnose a colon cancer in in, in an individual, especially when it's a a case that probably would have been prevented if they would have followed the guidelines in terms of, you know, having a colonoscopy be at the correct age or some sort of colon cancer screening. If you're scared of having a colonoscopy and kind of want to just try to get away with just doing a fit test or a color, it's completely fine. Everybody just needs to get colon cancer screening of some kind. Um, you don't want to be one of these people that, that regret, you know, doing this once every 10 year test, um, you know, and then end up having a colon cancer. It's, it's really not worth it and make sure that, especially if you're an individual who's had colon cancer, um, or history of a you know advanced polyps, that you make sure you let all of your family know as well that they would be at increased risk and, and should be getting their um, colonoscopy.
0: Absolutely, great information, great feedback. You heard it here. Get your screening. Uh, thank you so much.
1: I appreciate it. Have a nice rest of the day.
0: You too. Thanks, Dr. M. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy You we're so glad you were able to join us today and learn more about this topic if you would like to explore more go to riversideonline.com